editor of FEI Daily, and welcome to Balance Sheet, a podcast all about finding balance and inspiration in our professional and personal lives. I'll speak with career coaches, executives, startup founders, and others to learn all about how we can be more present and purposeful at work and at home. Every day, I speak with executives about their jobs. We talk about mitigating risk and technical accounting issues, compliance, and disruptive technologies. But often, my favorite part of these conversations happens in the margins. The story of their child going off to college, or the presentation they don't feel prepared for the meditation circle they attend on Wednesdays, or the triathlon they're training for. I love learning about what's really going on with people. And when I became a mom for the first time just a few short months ago, I realized that that is what's really going on with me. And I wanted to share that with the people I interviewed. And I found they wanted to share what was going on with them. And so Balance Sheet was born. I'm going to speak with tons of different people about what's truly important to us and how we can honor those things as we advance and thrive in our careers. Today's episode is pretty unique. Tim Blount is the former vice president and CFO at Wheeler Consolidated Inc., a manufacturer and distributor of building components and materials. He's also an FEI member and recently posted to our members-only online community, FEI Connect, under the thread titled Coronavirus Communication. Something else to think about, he began. I'm a passenger from the Grand Princess writing this from federal quarantine at Lackland Air Force Base. Needless to say, I had to know more. I spoke with Tim about everything from running out of laundry to leadership lessons from the ship's captain. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Tim. Yes. Sorry. Appreciate your patience. That's all right. I have nothing but time right now. (laughs) I almost made that joke, but I wanted to be a little more sensitive to your situation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, listen, you have to just keep a good sense of humor and spirits or else you go crazy. You're so right. So tell me kind of from the beginning, like, you know, when did you sign up for the cruise? Are you with your family? Um, Tell me, tell me kind of from the beginning. Okay. Well, I can't remember just when we first signed up for it. It was quite a, it was a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, so yeah, I'm traveling with my wife and then we were with her niece and husband. Lovely. So uh, we, we had adjoining cabins on the ship and, uh, actually there in the, in the room next to us here at the air force base, although we don't get to see them. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of, it was the beginning of it. We flew from home to San Francisco, uh, boarded the ship, uh, sailed to Hawaii, sailed around the islands. And then we were about halfway back when, uh, apparently the captain got the order because we had a notice slipped under our door overnight that we were going to miss our last port of call and go from where we were in the middle of the Pacific straight back to San Francisco. And that was going to be that because apparently a passenger who had been on the same ship uh, on a previous cruise had tested positive and that was actually the first one in California who died. Oh, wow. Uh, He wasn't on, he wasn't on our cruise. Right, right. But anyway, so they were concerned about that. And apparently there were people, crew members, and even some other passengers who had transferred from that one to the one we were on. Mm. So that was really kind of the impetus for it all starting. Well, 
So, you know, a little bit disappointing, but that's life. So, but when we approached San Francisco, they were ordered to stay offshore. So we spent uh, about three or four days just basically trolling patterns out in the ocean about 50 miles offshore. And then occasionally, for one reason or another, we'd get in closer to about 10 mile range and would be met by, uh, well, first it was uh, California National Guard helicopters that dropped some testing kits. And then later on, they would bring out Coast Guard vessels that would offload some supplies and and things like that. So that went on for some time while they negotiated the terms by which we'd be allowed to come uh, on land. And that finally happened yesterday. No, day before yesterday. Lose track of time when you're doing this. <laughs> I bet. Day before yesterday, they allowed us to enter... Um, the port of Oakland and we docked there Okay. in a semi abandoned area of the commercial Harbor. And, uh, then we were on there while they worked out how they were going to get people off. And obviously the first priority was anybody that had a medical situation that needed attention. And apparently there were two passengers and 19 crew members that tested positive. They tested people that they thought, well, people that had been on that previous voyage and then some crew members that had reported in sick. Right. And and uh, they found uh, that. So those people were taken off. There were some other passengers that had completely unrelated medical needs that needed hospitalization. That happens pretty much all the time, you know, on a cruise, you've got 2,500 people for two weeks, you know, you can pretty well guess that somebody's going to have a medical problem. Right, right. Just just in a town that size. Right. Yeah, I never thought so of that So they did that, that first. Yeah, then, then they uh, were going to take off California residents. So that was the original plan. And then residents of other states... And finally, the international passengers. Well, as part of it went on, then uh, the Canadian government sent in a charter plane, so they got all the Canadians off. And yesterday, the British government sent in a charter plane, so all the British citizens got off and headed out. And yesterday, late afternoon, they put us on a plane from Oakland, a charter plane, and flew us here. To San Antonio. Okay. And then we were, we had our temperatures taken and filled out questionnaires and they, they gave us a meal and provided us with housing on base. So here, here we are. <laughs> and um, in, in the interim, of course, everybody's seeing it all on, on MSNBC and Fox News, which were the two news channels that were provided aboard the ship. And of course, we all have internet and friends that are on land texting us with what they've heard and back and forth. Right. And we were contacted by the Iowa Department of Public Health. They, along with uh, the state governor, Governor Reynolds, are working to try and get permission to bring us all the Iowans here uh, back to the state of Iowa where we would do quarantine there. Okay. Uh, they haven't worked that out yet. Apparently, there's kind of two sticking points. They 
the uh, governor signed the uh, whatever to proclamation or declaration, or I don't know that it went through the legislature, but anyway, to make that happen, but they are working on where they're going to get funding and they have to get permission from the head of the CDC. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're in, in regular communication with them. They've been very proactive. I have to say that the the Iowa uh, government agencies are the first people we came in contact with that saw us as something other than just a problem that needed to be, you know, dealt with. Sure. You know, that we're actually people who, I don't know, I've not encountered anybody that's sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they say that for the first couple of weeks, you might be sick and not know it, or you might have it and never know it. Right. But anyway, uh, that's that's kind of where it sits right now. We're just we've got to the point where we just kind of wait for something to happen because it's it's pretty much changes. It's a very fluid situation, as they say. But what's going on changes day by day, hour by hour. Uh, all the folks that we've encountered here since we got to Texas that we work directly with are, as near as I can say, they are doing the very best they can. They're getting inconsistent, incomplete uh, information and instructions from up and down the chain. And they're, they're just trying to make everything as best they can under the constraints that, you know, we understand, you know, kind of why there's concern. Sure. Uh, And, but, uh, you know, we, we do like to be, you know, have them that they're mindful of the fact that, you know, we're, we're not, criminals here. Right. You've done nothing (laughs) wrong. They understand that. (laughs) Of course. Now, I want to know, um, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you've been generally, sounds like you've been treated fairly well. Um, Yeah, fine. But what was the kind of general attitude among passengers um, in those last, you know, few days? Uh, You know, when it first happened and, and that everybody was you know, well, you know, that's life. Life, you, you know, you take what comes and there's, you can't be upset about it because there it is. Obviously, as the the time wore on, and particularly when we were just circling around out in the ocean and they would bring us in close and we could see the Golden Gate Bridge and then we'd oh, go back out again. Man. Uh, the frustration was mounting and I and even the the captain of the ship was making regular announcements and you could hear. Uh, he, he was as diplomatic as a British sea captain can be, <laughs> but you could hear in his voice increasing frustration with the fact that with the, with the United States authorities who would mm. tell him one thing and then they'd tell him something different and then they wouldn't tell him anything at all. Uh. And, uh, there was one announcement in particular that we looked at each other and said, he's really upset. <laughs> And you know, and, you know, he's in that situation as well, and 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 he feels, I think, extra because people are relying on him to relay accurate information, and it makes him look bad when he makes an announcement and says, you know, we're going to be uh, docking in Oakland tomorrow morning, and then he has to come back on and say, well, no, we're not. Of course, yeah, I mean, because, it's, it's incredibly stressful yeah. for the passengers, and then you think about him, and he feels responsible for all of these passengers, and. And then, right. you know, to to make matters worse, he's getting contradicting information and trying to keep everybody informed. And uh, it, was, it was such a nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it was kind of interesting because we were all confined to our staterooms for 
days. And we were fortunate. Uh, we had a one with a balcony, and mm. they never told us we couldn't go out on our balcony, so right, everybody right. did. Yeah, of course. And evenings, you know, evenings, if they were temperature was mild and the sun was out and we had a beautiful sunset and people on on our side of the ship and I'm sure the other side as well were all out and you know chatting with each other hollering back and forth up and down the the decks and uh, and, and you know so everybody image. was yeah it, it was I was kind of like an impromptu little block party mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I think one thing that I know we were quite annoyed by and some of the other people that we spoke with were as well we really felt uh, insulted back when uh, when the president was at the the CDC office in Atlanta, and he said, "Well, I want him to just stay out there because I don't need one ship to, you know, mm. hurt my numbers." Mm. But we all felt really insulted by that. I can imagine. And you know, you know, it's kind of like, well, consider the source, but um, you know, that was kind of where we had the inkling that you know what we're just we're just a problem to be solved, not people who are in the thick of this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. that. I hear that. I want to know about some of the kind of details, um, you know, uh, of your time on the ship. Um, Did you get a sense that resources were running low? I mean, did you did you feel that food and then even with like the clothes that you packed and, you know, all of those kind of little details? Yeah, day one we were uh, restricted. They brought in, uh, you know, room service brought us meals that were very much um, like you have on a cruise ship. It was, you know, good food and and variety and so on. Didn't have as much choice. Then it got down to where you really didn't have any choice, and then it got down to where you could really tell they were looking at everything left in the in the storeroom, saying, "What can we make from this?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, laundry in particular was a problem. There's laundry service on the ship, and there was also laundromats, but we weren't allowed to go out and use the laundromat. Hmm. And we were reluctant to send our clothes out to the laundry service because we didn't know whether or not they'd get it done and back before we were ordered off. Right, right. So yes, I would say for us right now, that's probably kind of the number one thing we're kind of wondering about is we we're, we're to the point here in uh, in our household that we need to get some laundry done i bet you know we we packed for uh for 15 or 16 days and a few days extra but now and now it's kind of we're, we're in overtime right and how many days are you going on now uh let's see we left on the 20 First of February. So, what does that make us? About wow, nineteen, right? Twenty. <laughs> oh my gosh! Unbelievable. So that uh, there are people, uh, not us, but there were people on board, obviously, that had needs for medication for one thing and another. Yeah. And they have been. They they were very uh, mindful of that. They had several um, relays of people of you know, the Coast Guard bringing out essential medication and once we docked in Oakland then they had Walgreens on mm. on uh, to provide you know essential oh, prescriptions great. and things that people needed that way uh, I've got to say that, that Princess Cruises has done absolutely everything you could ask them to do and that's been kind of the consensus around 
I've heard through the grapevine that somebody is suing them for a million dollars. And I, I, I just don't think that that's at all justified or warranted. Mm-hmm. They, they have gone above and beyond any reasonable expectation to minimize the impact from this. And, and I find it really hard to see what they could have done I mean, maybe in hindsight, you can always find something. Sure, yeah. But I, and, and the other people that we've talked to about that have, have said the same thing. It's not their fault. Well, I'm glad to hear that, that, that you're feeling that way, at least. Um, and I, I want to know a little bit about um, the testing kits that you mentioned. So did you know of anyone or hear of anyone that actually was tested, you know, just personally? And were they reserving those for just people who were showing obvious symptoms? Or how, do you have any insight into that? Uh, we haven't encountered anyone who actually had the test. The mm-hmm. ones that they sent out to the ship were strictly for people who were showing symptoms or had uh, carried over from the earlier cruise where the one uh, passenger who got really sick and died. Right. There, there were just a handful of those. So they were tested. I believe they said they tested 42 people in total. And so it was crew members and passengers who showed symptoms, plus the passengers that had been on the earlier, the earlier voyage on that ship. Okay. So that's it. We have not been tested. When we came aboard, they did a questionnaire and temperature check. Mm -hmm. Uh, They said they were going to come and do temperature checks in the morning and evening, and they better hurry up because it's not going to be morning after 10 minutes from now. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. (laughs) So. Now, tell me about um, your, you know, your your title at work and and how you know you've been kind of managing being away from work for longer than anticipated. Have you been? Did you did you work from ship? <laughs> Are you working well, from the base? <laughs> actually, good news. I'm I'm retired now. I okay. was CFO for Wheeler Consolidated. But I retired about a year ago, so I haven't had to worry about that. Okay. Um, Did you get a sense our, that others were working from um, from the ship, and I, and are others I think, you think working from the base? There are probably. I'm sure there are people who were working from the ship and here. They one of the things that that the cruise line did was open up free internet access for everybody. Now, when they did that, all 2,400 people tried to go online and and (laughs) (laughs) video chat with their families. So the the bandwidth got a little bit uh, tied up at times, but Uh it was, you know, it was certainly acceptable for just doing regular email and getting on the internet and things. Uh, Our traveling companions, as I said, now um, they are both still working Mm -hmm. and were able to contact their employers and, and one of them is a larger company, uh, Pella Corporation, and and they said, you know, they were they were just uh, trying to figure out how they were going to respond to the coronavirus situation. So now they've got one really live, yeah. <laughs> live guinea pig to uh, to work with. But they're they're fine with it. I mean, they're not fine with it, but they're out, but they're not going to you know do anything to him about it. And uh, and her employer has been very sympathetic and. He's probably in a panic about what she's going to be back because uh, a lot of what she does, she can't do online. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but, uh, 
So, you know, they're not concerned about that. And of course, in fact, in Iowa law prohibits employers from taking adverse action in a quarantine situation. Oh, I don't think that right? either of them would, I don't think either of them would have anyway, but right, there right, it is. Right. Okay, right. Yeah, I mean it's just interesting to think of those of us who who cannot work from home. Um, I you know, a lot of companies are going to be asking their employees to stop coming into the office and uh, I think that's probably very wise, but there are so many people in this country uh, who cannot perform the duties of their their job from home or remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of going to be interesting to see how how things go um, going forward uh, for those those folks. Yes, when I was working and, and from time to time, if the weather was bad or for whatever reason, I would work from home. And if, if I had been on, you know, a two week vacation, I would take my laptop and I would do a lot of things from that. Now I had someone who would cover for me from all the routine things Mm -hmm. that, especially if I was prepared for it, if I was prepared for it, you know, I would have everything that I needed to, to be as productive almost as I would be if I were in the office, not being prepared for it would have been a whole different story. Right. And certainly after this amount of time and in an unexpected situation, it would be a problem at this point. I think it probably would for most people at, at Absolutely. that level. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm interested to hear you know more from from others who are um, who are now away from their their offices for longer than they had anticipated um, and kind of how they're managing that um, and you know also around the country not all of us have great internet access and other other tools that we we need to really perform our jobs uh, so. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, as you called it, it, it is a kind of an interesting experiment. Um, well, I, I, I just really want to thank you for, for jumping on the phone with me. Um, anything else you want to tell us about uh, the experience, like any other uh, kind of surprises or um, takeaways? Well, I guess, you know, the whole thing has, has been quite a surprise. But I think, as I said before, I think it's it's just kind of one of those unexpected things that happens. I, I think if there was uh, in in a after action kind of report, I think uh, that better prepared for this, particularly after some of the earlier things that came out. I understand that it's a logistical uh, issue for everybody concerned to, to move out a couple of thousand people, but you know, it really is only a couple thousand people and mm-hmm. not 60 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what to do with this. And it seems like particularly as you move up the, the uh, chain of command, so to speak, that the confusion kind of gets worse. The people oh. that are here on the front lines dealing with us are, are trying to do what they're supposed to do, but that changes. And that mm-hmm. I think is the biggest, the biggest negative. And, and there's a lot of conflicting information coming out in the news media. They don't get everything exactly right. There's been some, some details about, you know, our entire voyage that have actually not been accurate. I mean, it has been in broad outline, but uh, that's uh 
that's the thing where I see that, that could could be improved upon is better coordination and consistency uh, from the various agencies involved. And I know our federal system, they've got, they've got states and they've got uh, different agencies in the federal government that have to get on the same page, and that's not easy. I do think maybe a lot of our troubles with landing in in Oakland in the first place was that the governor of California was digging in his heels. We don't, you know, we don't want these, these people in our state. And, um, I think there was probably a lot of negotiating having to go on between the federal department, um, health and human services and the state of California and, uh, the cruise line and everybody else that had to kind of negotiate over, how it was going to be done. I, I, I suspect without knowing for sure that there was a lot of that that helped cause problems. Mm-hmm. Very uh, complicated. So we'll kind of see. Yeah. And probably need to, to let this whole thing come to an end and let it just kind of ruminate for a while to come up with any conclusions. Absolutely. Well, again, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to, to, ta- to talk with me today. Um, and I really wish you luck. And I'm, I'm hoping that you follow up with me um, to let me know kind of how things are going and, uh, and hope that you are, um, you and your wife are home safe very soon. Thank you very much. That's what we're hoping for too. Yeah.